0: Welcome friend! We are so glad you've joined us to listen in as ordinary people share their extraordinary stories of how one man changed their lives forever. No two stories are the same, yet it's our hope that you'll relate enough to want to meet the same man all our listeners have met. Listen as my friends tell me about a man that gave them hope and love beyond their wildest imaginations. Rachel Franklin. Thank you for joining Tell Me About a Man podcast. So we're going to do a couple things just to kind of get things going for a little bit. One, how did we meet?
1: We met through a mutual friend um, in our small town of Lindsay, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and um, we shared mutual experiences. Um, I was going through a time of struggle and sickness, and he reached out to me, and Mm -hmm. it was a godsend. And um, We've just been able to watch each other grow. It has, been, it
0: has been. It's fun to see our stories. Before we got on here, we were just discussing our children, our adult children, kind of adult, semi-adult, and um and their journeys and how they are very similar. And, and um, it's always fun to have someone that's in the trenches with you.
1: What is your
0: bucket list adventure? I'd
1: love to go to the Holy Land. Mm. I would love, my my husband doesn't share um the just desire, Um, I think he's more reserved um, with the things of the world and he's just cautious with travel. And so, and I'm not, I'm like, you know what, what other better place to be if like tragedy were to take place? So I would love to go to Israel and just walk through those places that, you know, I, I just truly believe that it's just such a sacred special place and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's my that's my your bucket biggest, list yeah my biggest I'm, the list is long but that would be my i liking. love that do you
0: have a goal like a time set in mind when that's going to happen
1: i would love to do it before i get in a place where i wouldn't physically be able to do all the things that i'd want to do my parents went um, middle-aged and Um, They were able to walk the walks Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. my dad was able to carry the cross and I just want to be physically where I'm not, you know, with the cane or, you know the scooter no no don't want to go then <laughs> i want to float in that you know i want to float in the in the dead sea and i want to do all the experiences and just feel like when i lay down at night oh that wasn't that bad
0: right i love that okay and then one more icebreaker: cake or chips and salsa
1: chips and salsa all the way you're my girl all the way you're so my there's people. not even it would just uh, daily
0: daily yes. yeah yeah I hear you. So,
1: a little bit about Rachel growing up. What was life like? Um, I was raised military, mm. and so I have a very eclectic um, background. I was born in El Paso, Fort Bliss area, and um, we we were. I was raised in a really godly environment. I went to Christian school my whole life. Um, they sent us to Christian school primarily because we did move. And it was a more controlled environment, Mm. safer. Um, But I was exposed to the, you know, the word from a very young age. And I was really fortunate in the way my parents, you know, were married and up until the time that my dad passed away. And so I had a very, what you would consider a a good childhood. Um, I was really fortunate in that. And uh, we lived lots of places and I got to experience a lot of life border to border. Um, That's great. So I had, a, I had a good, good rearing.
0: So tell me the moment when you um, met Jesus. Like, tell me the moment of your salvation.
1: I have thought about this um, in terms, I think that there's a song by Jackie Velasquez that um, it says um, she's she always from a young age has felt the Spirit. And I think that when you get saved, sometimes you go through the motions of Mm -hmm. salvation Mm -hmm. when you're exposed to it. Mm -hmm. And it is a practice where you see people go to the altar and when you're raised in the church and you see every week somebody, um, God willing, in your church, if the, the Spirit is moving, you see the practice of salvation. and. When you're exposed to that, there you feel like there's a timeline that you are, you know, you, you get through Sunday school and you see people, um, your friends and family that are in this tight-knit group, you see them going up and they're, you know, getting salvation and they're going before God and it's this, you know, little age group of your Sunday school friends and then you see them get baptized and it's before the church and so I think that... Um, the way I was raised, there was an expectation of, you know, getting saved in a certain time frame and Mm -hmm. getting baptized. And so I truly am fortunate because I went to church camp and I was about, I think nine to 10 years old. I really wish I knew the exact date. I was at church camp and I had always felt the spirit move. How old were you? About nine to 10. Okay. I was at church camp and it was children's camp. And I had a seen praise and worship. And I'd gone through the motions of that my whole life. And I truly had seen the Spirit move in people's lives. And I I felt it when I worshiped as a young child. Um, I felt just, I, I don't think that until you felt that presence of God, that you can truly, it, its like um, it's like falling in love for the first time. Mm. It's an mm. overwhelming just butterflies, you've got the hair raising on, you know, you've got the go- goosebumps, I mean, you're falling in love in yeah. that moment. And so I was at church camp and we were praising, and I felt that conviction of my sin, and I was overwhelmed by it. I was, um, I, you, you're in desperation mm-hmm. of what they were offering, and I, I wanted it, I wanted everything that came with that that they were offering in that moment and i saw a, a a little kid that went to church with us and they had gone up and they were a little bit older than me and i just started crying and i was just so happy for them and i i had that experience and it was a short time after i found that salvation my mom was with us at that church camp she could win as a counselor sponsor. And um, we lived in Montana on an Indian reservation. And we were attending a church in Haver, Montana. And they didn't have bas- baptistries uh-huh. because it was, you know, I don't know, they just didn't have one at this church. And so I was baptized in a river in that. Montana. And it was just such a, it was freezing cold. And as I was baptized, when I came up, I just knew I was his. And so I've always felt from a young age that I've had that love and experience with him. And you forget in your day-to-day walk sometimes what that is. And there are moments, my my big moments, usually just in my typical daily walk, um, car rides where I'm just in a state of prayer and worship. And you feel that goosebumps and you feel that butterfly mm-hmm, and you're mm-hmm. like, I know. I know. That I'm in the presence of Jesus every day. And so you walk in that. But I'm so fortunate that I felt that at a really young age. So does that mean
0: since nine or ten years old, since that moment, that you have just lived this perfect Christian life?
1: Oh, my God. And, you know, it's like you get comfortable in your walk, in your faith. And... There is, you know, we are, we're a people of flesh. You know, we were born with that sinful nature. And when you're raised in this environment where there's an expectation to um, be godly and righteous. Mm -hmm. And I got to an age where, and you know, being a middle child, I truly believe in that birth order where you, I I had the older siblings that were just perfect. In what you would, you know, as a parental view, they followed all the rules and they were just conformed to be these great things. And then I came along and I was just this ball of just chaos. Where I just was, I mean, like I said, when I got saved, it was overwhelming and it was dramatic. And I just felt I mean,
0: you have a big personality. Yes. Like you own the room. Like, and that's what we love, Rachel. She's like, I'm here, I own the room. (laughs) And people flock to you. You have an influence. And I think that is part of that. There's just this natural joy. I just
1: want to share it. There's
0: this uh, word I cannot think of and I like how you say it's a little
1: chaotic. It is chaotic (laughs) and I wouldn't say it's (laughs) controlled chaos sometimes but I went through those stages where you just turned it off and you got so comfortable and my mom I was fortunate she spoke the word on us Mm -hmm. and from a young age and so when I did go through those sinful rebellious um, walking away. I mean, there is a true where you know have rededications, mm-hmm. where you're mm-hmm. convicted and you you can you can turn that off like a switch.
0: What do you say to the person you all your life and they're like Um yeah, I remember when Rachel was saved at nine or ten, but here she is at 16 going crazy. Oh wait, now she's rededicating. Oh now she's going crazy. Oh now she's rededicating. What do you what do you say to that person? Because I I personally I think we've all been in both sets of
1: shoes. Um I would say to them that um imperfection Mm. is the reason I need a savior. Mm, I was so I'm not perfect, and he knew that when he created me, and that's why, you know, just like every imperfect person um, that is going to go through cycles, and you know, that comes along with just a battle for those souls. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a savior, and there is that relationship with that Savior, but there's also that Satan that does not want you to have that eternal life. And so I think that when you go through periods of growth, that's when Satan's on your heels Mm -hmm. and he will put anything in your path, anybody Mm -hmm. in your path to derail that. Mm -hmm. And I had periods of time where as now, even in hindsight, um, and even last week, I can see where he put something in my path to make me derail in that moment and so it is a daily cycle mm-hmm. of just trying to you know die in the flesh and just have that covering and know that no matter what I do I was blessed like I, my mom said she would uh, there was a period that um when I was very young I was 16 and I made a terrible mistake I would say it's a mistake but and it, it was I sinned against my flesh But I came to my mom and I told her this and I exposed myself in shame and so much guilt. And my mom said, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I came and bore this to her and she could have been, and I am sure her heart was broken as a parent. I know because I've had those heartbreaking moments where you're just like, oh, that was everything I told you not to do. But um, I did, I, I made that mistake and so I was so fortunate that in that moment she could have me and punished me, and she said, There's no condemnation, and let's move forward. Mm. To say I didn't make that mistake 20 more times after that, yes, I did. But every time, I'm so fortunate that I had a Lord that loved me and He mm-hmm. chased me, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. can turn my back mm-hmm. on Him like on a dime when mm-hmm. I was in that rebellious state. But I am so grateful that I've learned to grow, to not be presumptuous of his grace, to say, okay, I'm going to turn that off today and not right. not try and walk in those mistakes and be presumptuous that, you know, that grace and that mercy would be there and forgiveness. And so you do grow.
0: You were one of the first people that I heard, um, or I shouldn't say that I heard, that I listened to, because there's two very different things, say that he he takes everything and makes it good. Even heaven. what the enemy meant for evil. And I think there's, like you just said, there's so many, just as much as God is pursuing us, the enemy is pursuing us also. And we are going to fall to that sometimes. Or the people around us are going to fall that, which is going to affect us. Yes. And But I have to, like, continually hang my faith on, Lord, I know this is ugly right now, but I know you're going to make good of this.
1: And he will. I mean, we bask in that glory that what Satan meant for bad and destruction that we can fall on the rock. And we, you know, I truly believe you're either going to fall on the rock or get crushed by it. Mm. And when Mm. we fall on that, he will meet us there and he covers us.
0: So what would you say um, early in life? um, Would you say is one of those, a choice that you made that he's made good?
1: I would say the most significant life changing in my um, adolescence, adulthood Um, you know, I'm just going to be totally transparent. Um, having premarital sex is, you know, it's, that's such a tricky subject. Mm. It's so taboo. And I know the world has so much to say about Mm -hmm. it. And, um, but I knew that in those moments, I was putting myself, my future and my faith in jeopardy. Mm. And I would say, you know, I, I made a choice to do that. And I I did get pregnant out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. And I know that's just a total exposure of something that um, could have been very bad. We weren't mature enough. We weren't financially stable. We lived in different states. And God was in that story. You know, Mm -hmm. he he took something that I was not walking. You were totally messing up. Yes. And I was (laughs) just, and I was lawless. I was doing it without regard, and I wasn't thinking of the long-term effects it would be on not just me spiritually, but, um, you know, my husband and my potential children in the future and my parents and my grandparents and my siblings. I just was in total disregard of what that sin could have done to me. And I truly believe that God took one of my hardest moments in my life, um, getting pregnant out of wedlock, into my greatest blessing. Mm. It, It was a trajectory of the path that I was supposed to be on. And I went the backwards way, I truly believe it would have happened if I'd done it the right way. It still would have been my husband. I still would have been blessed with my son. But I took the hard way and the long way, and God Mm. used it for his glory. He has, you know, my family and my children are, I would say, my biggest blessing. Mm. And um, so I would say that's where I really have seen God in the complete story of it. 20 years you know my son's 20 years old and i can see satan wanted to destroy me mm-hmm. he wanted mm-hmm. my and and he wanted to be a part of that story too and so god just covered that um in that moment i truly did have nowhere else to go you know we didn't live in the same place it was such an uns- i you know i'm i'm at the time 20 years old and um you're just in a place where you just don't know where God is going to take you through that. the age of our kids right now. Yes. And my son has made that right? with their me Like, you know, <laughs> I you just were felt like Our me.
0: kids are 20.
1: <laughs> you had me at this time of my life. And right. so I see that as a, as a success that, wow. you know, God has worked and he knows that he is the biggest blessing that God right. has ever given to us and put us on a path that we were supposed to be on. And so I think that's the most, like, where I've seen God in his glory take. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Um, I always say that um, there's like the easy on, get on like the God freeway, like just get on the on ramp and go. But I, being a Southern girl, like to take the back road, (laughs) the really dirty, bumpy, holy, horrific back road to find my way to the God interstate and get on the Jesus road. Like, it's just horrible. And it's what we do because we we're flesh. We're, we're just a bunch of sinners. It is. Um, Saved by grace. Um, So that would be something that a choice um, that God turned good. Give me something else in your life that um, in your adulthood that, um, and of course I know your story. Yes. Um. So, and I, we want to keep this, somewhat limited but at the same time um something that has happened that wasn't your choice that took you to the trenches and to your knees and i know physically to your knees almost daily for a very long time but then that god has made good
1: i am so fortunate because um in 2012 i became very sick in my body and um god was so i mean i i knew and you know when i when i did get sick in 2012. I always, I, I had been, I was born with what we call, you know, I should have been a bubble baby where it just, I, I, I had autoimmune issues when I was young. And so, um, actually when my, my husband and my dad were talking about me getting married to him, my dad said, listen, She's she, chaos. Is, she <laughs> is, I hope you have good insurance you're going to need it. It's like, I I want you to know what you're getting into, right? You have to take all of this and he did, and he's been a champion about it. But I got sick in my body that I knew, I knew that God was, was going before me in that. And so I, I battled that and I went through lots of, um, trials of, of medications and treatments. And, um, it was a really rough time and I was on the end of that. Where my body was sick, and I was getting stronger, and I I found healing, and I felt like I was becoming whole, and everything, all the side effects that came with it. And in 2016, I was in an accident, and I had a severe brain injury, mm. and um. So I, is it
0: fair? Can I say that you had cancer? Yes. Yeah. And m- multiple levels of. Yes.
1: Of cancer and treatment and, and
0: surgeries and surgeries. organs removed and yes. like it, this wasn't. Treatments I was mean, treatment. treatment after treatment. Yes. Then you're, you're healing letters to your children, letters yes. to your husband, letters like for their 18th birthday, for their like for their wedding day. Wedding like days, you graduation. you were already warning yes. your death. Yes. Not not regretting that you were going to be with Jesus, but at the same time knowing that you were going to be leaving your children and your husband. Yes, we all you know do. knew it was. It was bad. Yeah. You recover.
1: I recover. Totally I miraculous. Involved. Yes.
0: And then four years later, through those four years, at the end of those four years. At the
1: end of those four years, um, I was just doing i felt like i was just arriving um april the 6th i went to the doctor and he was like man we've made it this is great in april the 10th of 2016 i was in an accident and i had a traumatic brain injury and that was the most humbling experience that i have gone through this far it not only you know there's something about being sick of body but you still have your cognitive abilities mm-hmm. you still have your properties of being able to try to get up and walk and move and feed um, yourself yes you're aware and when that happened i was uh, i was and i had to relearn how to do everything mm-hmm. and and not just it affected everything all my senses hearing smell taste seeing my ability to even touch it was like I had a major stroke because I had a brain bleed. And so all of my senses were compromised. And I was so out of control in being able to get a hold of, you know, there wasn't a level of pain, didn't affect everything. And mm. it wasn't just a pain of body. There was a mourning. And there was a, a period of, we believed that we had a miraculous God. I'm so fortunate that I have the people, my, you have a tribe. And you have a group of people, Gina was one of those that was a true just advocate in my healing that stood in the gaps that they stood in the trenches and they fought uh, that spiritual warfare that I would overcome these huge losses that I experienced, you know, there was a, a lengthy hospital stay. there was a lengthy rehabilitation period. And even after all of that, I still until this day, um, and And riddled with those losses physically and you know God is so good because he makes up the difference he does and our bodies are so resilient and he was so gracious and there are so many people who go through this types of injuries that don't have that miraculous outcome Mm. and so I am so there isn't a day that goes by that I don't have a spirit of gratitude Mm. I mean just true I do not take it for granted. Every time I cut up a vegetable, every time that I zip my zipper, every time that I'm able to text, where I'm just...
0: Do you remember when... You were voice. We I taught you how to voice text. Yes, you know,
1: was like, I just thought about that you when you said that dictation. And what a blessing! you like, this is life changing, and because there's no buttons, tactile, and you could not. Right. Sorry to
0: interrupt, but I just remembered that. Like, it's true. You're like, wait, what do I do? I'm like, push the <laughs> microphone, and we're you're like, oh, angels were singing.
1: It was such a blessing. And because that was just, and and that was an isolation period. Mm, you felt mm-hmm. like you were separated and there was no, um, I couldn't really interact. I was so fortunate that the the part of my brain where my thought processes, which that was a little bit affected in the very beginning, but God was so good to me that I was able to cognitively be aware. Yeah. You talk about a period of mourning and my mom, she stayed with me throughout this, period. I know I talk about my mom a lot, but she's a catalyst in, in my walk. Mm -hmm. Um, she's an encourager Mm -hmm. daily and she gives you, I mean, she holds you to the grinder that, you know, you are his, this is an expectation, um, to follow him, to be part of, you know, he is everything Mm -hmm. in your life. And so I'm so fortunate in having that. But my mom had a scripture that she would say to me, and it would frustrate me so much. And she'd say the afflictions of the A righteous are many, Mm. and she'd say, "You know, we are like." But I don't want to be righteous. Then I
0: don't want to be righteous.
1: (laughs) And she said, "We are going to rejoice Mm. in this. We will rejoice that I was, you know, afflicted, that I was burdened with this, and we're going to rejoice in this. I know you can't walk, and I know that you can't. Can't go to the bathroom by
0: yourself. You can't eat. Can't
1: shower. But we are going to rejoice." Because we know that God is in the story, and we are going to see Mm. the outcome. And I had a lot of bad prognosis and diagnoses Mm -hmm. during Mm -hmm. that time. And my family, my tribe, my husband, the day that um, a doctor came in, um, it was probably couple of weeks after this injury, um, he came in and they tried, you know, they said, we're going to try and get you up. We're going to see where we are. We knew the physical losses I had with my senses, with my hearing, with my sight, but um, to be able to get up and move. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, we, we've we done a lot of tests on her and she's not feeling and, and we just don't know how this is going to work out. And they knew the parts of my brain that had been damaged. And so, he came in and he told my husband, I don't know if she will ever walk again. Mm. I cannot promise you that. I don't, uh, the, you know, the type of injury she sustained, we are not going to, which doctors always have to give you worst right. case scenario, but my husband said, you're going to have to leave until you can bring, you know, somebody in this room that is going to claim her healing. You're going to have to leave because we know that God is going to heal her, that she is going to walk again, that she is going to be Mm -hmm. restored in her health. And so, which he was, you know, he had this experience for all this time that I was sick Where he saw God He grew so much virtually Oh, I mean, just a a, a billboard of what God can do in Mm -hmm. a person. And so he had that transformation and he had that expectation. You talk about claiming that healing. And he did and he stood in it and he didn't expect anything less. Mm. And so God was so good to me that I had these people surrounding me that said, no matter where you're at you are going to be the best of where God's gonna bring you. Mm. So um I had a lot of people just oh, cheering for me, um, standing in the gap.
0: During the four years of cancer, during the what I would say what two year recovery from the brain injury. Where where was God? Where were you and where were you two in relationship?
1: I would say that we were um probably in I I think during that time I was in the closest, um, and I feel like that has carried through, but I would say that is the closest I've been to him in all facets of salvation, where you go through um, questioning that faith. You go through. Um, did, you sh- did you shake your fist? Oh, I was just so frustrated because I'm like, I know you love me. Mm. Um, You could have passed this cut for me. Mm -hmm. Um, My kids are affected. My life is affected. I didn't, you know, I was a nurse. Didn't go back. I still haven't to this day. Gone back to the profession that um, I'd gone to school for and worked so hard for. There was just a lot of loss. And I just was so sad in some moments but I went through periods with him and you know relationships go through growth there's true growing pains I mean they don't call it that for no reason we went I went through a period with the Lord where I had growing pains and he Mm, put me through that that because he was you know there was a refinement and I can stand back five years later and see that refinement but when you're going through that and you're experiencing those losses. And not only your experience, and, but all of the people around me. Gina, um, she was with me every Monday. Was it Mondays that we would meet? Um, we were in a Bible study, and she would mm-hmm. come to my house, mm-hmm. and we had another mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um who would meet us there, and they saw. And they also were able to get a front row view of the successes every week. They're like, oh, look at you. You're not, you know. I had balance issues. I had two surgeries on my equilibrium post-injury, and I couldn't get up without being a wobbling mess. And so they were able to watch God move every week. And it was a slow process. Mm -hmm. And Every week, I just had to, while you do, I mean, you get disappointed with your kids. You get disappointed with your spouse. You get, when your closest relationships in life, and you love them, and you have this expectation, and you're like, Lord, why? Why is this not just, you know, you're capable of of healing me. I'm touching that hymn. I am touching, you know, I'm laying myself at your feet. Why haven't you made this a quicker process for me? I've seen him even to this day. There's still losses and there's still things that I deal with and I'll battle. But I have to realize that he has brought me to this place. I couldn't drive for 396 days. I don't get behind the wheel without saying thank you, Jesus. I thought about you it coming up here today. Because now
0: we live and I was, was thinking of it earlier, you know, we live about forty miles from each other now. And I um I was like, she gets to drive here drive. today. A couple years ago I would have had to like come yes. to you. Like there or people we were taking you to appointments or you yes. know like there's that stuff. And so was there yes. ever a time that you there. your trust in God was rocked?
1: Absolutely. And and this is two years fast forward for my brain injury, but um, I had Gina and I the the girl that we had um we had shared this spiritual journey together and we'd had Bible studies together um she had she had gotten sick herself and um I was taking her food for mm-hmm. dinner she mm-hmm. she was a very close friend of mine and she was going through a rough time and I was taking her dinner and uh, my body is, Still not like what some might mm-hmm. say. I mean, I'm, I feel like all pissed, you know, they're firing and I'm doing good, but there are still some, you know, deficits. <laughs> so my balance isn't the greatest, but I mean, I'm thriving. Right. You're amazing to the ability that I am. And so I was walking through the hallway and I slipped um, on the plastic tray of the lid that I was taking her for her dinner and my foot got in that plastic tray and it took me one way and my body went the other and my head and neck hit the the side of my threshold is this in when the you got paralyzed yes and i had a, a spinal cord injury and so cancer mm-hmm. tbi tbi spinal cord spinal cord injury and
0: <laughs> so your dad was speaking prophetically when he told derek he on said, a wedding listen, day you better have some insurance warning, on this hot mess warning.
1: <laughs> Like this, I don't, and we didn't, you know, I didn't realize in, in that period of where that would take me or what that Mm -hmm. would look like. And so that was probably where I was the maddest, the most frustrated because after my brain injury, I don't remember the the first several weeks and even some of it after, you know, you're blessed kind of when you have an injury that you sustain with that so because yes, you don't have time I, I to be mad. There would be so much PTSD and just mm-hmm. so much that would mm-hmm. go along with that. So he kind of shielded me from that. But when I hit and hurt my neck and my my I had that period, um man, I just because I was all my properties were there, um, brain wise. I was just completely aware and I lost, I had swelling in between my C1 and C2 and it paralyzed me and um, I could not feel anything from the neck down and it was the most frightening experience. But and it, it was during COVID and so my spouse, he could not, it, you know, they took me in the ambulance and with your brain injury or any sickness, you, I had people with me. I was never alone except for my inpatient rehab. You know, they keep you there from eight to five, but at five o'clock I expected somebody to be there and they spent the night with me in these long extended stays in the hospital. But with this spinal cord injury, you couldn't have anybody there. Mm. And so I'm in, I'm in the hospital and I'm in the emergency room and you're just by yourself and mm. I had no feeling but I I was aware mm-hmm. that something was so terribly wrong and we didn't know the extent of it and we were just it was such a fearful time in my walk where I did have moments where I was like okay w- why why have you made me still again mm-hmm. why have mm. what? what where are you taking me with this and I got mad. I was just like okay why i i and i see it now i'm two years later and i see he made me still for a reason he made me still because there were people i was supposed to meet there were therapists i was supposed to meet Mm. there were people that got saved Mm. through this experience that i was able to share uh, my testimony and my faith with and you know to watch somebody heal is such a to, to see myself heal. You talk about a um just stamping where you're like, okay, this I, I see God, mm-hmm. there's no other explanation. And when doctors and nurses and therapists and um, friends and family see you heal and you see yourself heal, it is just such a it's something you can't take for granted Mm-mm. and it's such a miraculous thing. I mean, I have seen miracles and i know that you know in the word you are a miracle by the way i and i feel like Times i'm so humbled 100. by that because it is only by god's mm-hmm. i mean it is only by god's grace absolutely and i don't know because there's so many people who don't heal and who don't recover and who don't um you know they're they find healing through death I have been spared from that and i don't know i always walk um I never had walked in my life with, with any type of, like, um, worry or just where I was like, I, even after my brain injury, I just was like, okay, I'm better. And I, I knew I had my deficits, but I was driving, I was moving, I, I could do good. all the things. And I just had, um, I didn't, it didn't take away the gratitude. That was still there, Mm -hmm. but it did take away my sense of um, being more cautious.
0: Your security. Yes.
1: And so when I got hurt with my final cord injury, I was just like, oh, okay. You know, maybe I do need a bubble. What is to come of? I mean, you just are like, okay, what's next? Right. Where are we going to go from this? And so that was a really hard time. I was isolated from my family Mm. for, you know, it was well into a month and I couldn't see my kids. I couldn't, you know, with COVID, there was an isolation factor. They finally, after four weeks, got to come and see me outside, but they said, you can't touch them. And, you know, I'm just in a wheelchair, I am unable to walk. I mean, and when I say I'm unable to walk, I was, it wasn't like my brain injury where they were able to get me up and I still had the strength. There was no feeling. And so it was such a time of not just nervousness for me where, you know, you see in your family's faces, mm-hmm. the face doesn't lie mm-hmm. and the eyes don't lie where they, their faith was shook. Mm-hmm. And they were just so nervous mm-hmm. about the future to come. And I'm, like I said, your tribe is everything. Um, you, you iron sharpens iron and you really need to be. And if you're going to be a Christian, you've got to get with those other believers. You've mm-hmm. got to be with mm. like-minded so people in Christ because they can make or break you. Mm. And so your tribe is so important who you surround yourself with. But I was with like-minded believers, but even to see on their faces that, disbelief and just oh my gosh where yeah
0: because i mean look at all the way you walked through yes for 10 years you know
1: and they're just nervous yeah it is this How much have a more? good outcome and so um there were just a lot with that came a lot of deficits mm-hmm. and it took a long time to heal and it was a physical healing mm-hmm. that was probably one of my most difficult mm. because it took a long time and it took a long time to, um, you know, driving for me is a huge deal. And I love to drive myself places to not have to ask for a ride. It's it. just such a blessing. But to be back in that place. You admit.
0: Mentioned so having you know a body of believers that um, and and you know and this is something we we may say for another podcast, but you know this idea of having people intervene for you yes. um, because Anything sometimes God. you just can't even you don't even know what to pray for, or you're so angry, or you're so confused, or you're just um, you're out of words. And yes. to let the Holy Spirit guide those other people to pray for you, and that's a whole other conversation. But I we we probably are going to visit that another time. But it is, you it, it's, it's just so important. important. So all that we've talked about that you've walked through and you were in a relationship with Jesus before these things happened. Yes. Well, what would you say to the person who maybe is currently walking through those things that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus?
1: I, I just would encourage you. There is nothing, even when you're walking through these trials that you didn't ask for, you didn't, you know, there's a lot of people that are experiencing things right now that they didn't do anything bad. They didn't do anything Mm -hmm. wrong. They weren't walking in the flesh. They weren't um, making, you know, bad decisions. And bad things still happen to them. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage them to look outside of that situation. And that's really hard to do. And it's really hard to even understand until you felt it. But it's super simple just to say, Jesus, I need you. Mm. I, I can't do this on my own. I want you. This is so much. This is too much for me to handle. And it's just such a simple, you know, we over, you can overcomplicate faith and you can overcomplicate religion and, and mm. having a spiritual walk with God, but it is so simple and it is so easy to get and it's out there for everybody.
0: You just to receive it.
1: Yes. And just... I just say, and you will see heart change. That doesn't mean to say that you're going to walk again or you're going to um, find, and I'm not saying that can't happen because I've seen it, but I know that if you tell him, I need you, I want you in my life, I can't do this by myself you're going to have a heart change and you're going to feel that spirit move because he will, it's a promise that he gives us. And I felt it and I, I know it to be true. I wouldn't tell people that there's that promise for them with good faith. Um, it would be so unfair and just Mm -hmm. so cruel to tell somebody, go find God. If I didn't know for sure that there was that promise of that heart change Mm -hmm. and he will walk you through the fire
0: because it's easy for us to look at you and say you can say those things because look where you are now yes. you're cancer-free you're driving you're walking yes. you're doing all the things um what we don't see physically is you yes. still have some challenges i
1: have deficit. what
0: what people what people don't see is you know the conversations the hard conversations had the hard conversations you've had with your spouse with your children and all those things and so but in all of that there was a peace that you yes. only get by having a relationship with god
1: and it's it's so priceless um I, and for people that don't have that relationship it, it's so like i said it's just such a simple thing to to have it is the only thing and you know what i have to say this because i always try to take the opportunity Um, through my own daily walk and everybody has their things. Every person that is going to listen to this and, and that's just walking through life, Every single one of you has had your heart broke. Mm. You've had your challenges. You've had your frustrations. You've had those moments of breakdown where you just think, I just can't take this. And, 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 you know, I think that even I made a comment to her today about being late. There was construction, and I said first world problems. But with those first world problems, there comes frustration. There comes doubt. I mean, there Mm. are challenges in every person's day-to-day life, minute by minute. But I'm telling you, if you can just reach out and you can find that relationship with him, and it's a super thing. It's introducing yourself Mm -hmm. and it's saying, here I am, all my mess, all my weakness. I am such a train wreck. Can you just meet me right where I am today? That doesn't mean that when you're a Christian, when you say that to him, that those problems in the construction right. is going to go away. Right. But in those moments, there's that heart change mm-hmm. and there's a peace. And that peace is invaluable. Mm. And it will push you to make it through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, to It takes away frustration for others. It takes mm-hmm. away anger. It gives you um, a light. Mm. that you can feel within yourself and that you can share with others. Um, You know, when you're walking in shame, guilt, doubt, fear, it's really hard to share that smile with somebody else because Mm -hmm. you're burdened. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even when I was in that rehab and I was so sad because I had these deficits and these losses, I still knew that I could share that light with somebody because, he was going to carry me through that. Mm-hmm. I was not walking alone. Um, I have never, even in my sin, I knew if I would just turn myself off and and I could go back mm-hmm. to him and he would meet me right where I was.
0: Well, and you, you, you've mentioned your tribe several times, and and I even have a kind of a note here. Um, but. Sometimes when you're struggling to shine your Jesus light, and I mean, we say that kind of lighthearted, but at the same time, it's not my light. It, no, it's I, the the only goodness in me is is the Holy Spirit in me and what Jesus does through me and what I allow him to do. But sometimes our flesh, our attitude, whatever it is, is dimming that light. And So sometimes you have to borrow someone else's light. Yes. And so when you're around others, and like you said, like... I made a, um, something the other day it said about being an energy giver or a, a life giver, an energy sucker. And sometimes if you find yourself being an energy sucker, go find someone else's light to, yes. because you guys share, like we, you and I, we're sisters in Christ. Yes. Like we share the same light. And so sometimes I can just text you or you can text someone else and go, Man, I'm struggling today.
1: And they will stand in the gap. I right? mean, it is truly a bridge. It is this um,
0: community.
1: Yes. And there are times where you are so, and you know, Satan, like I've said before, there's a, a, a eternal battle for every one of you out there. There is an agenda. Mm. And so we have this, you know, we were created and knitted in our mother's womb and he knew us and he knows every hair on our head. And he has such a, just like you do with, with any person that you have felt true love for, he has that for you and he wants you forever mm-hmm. he wants that eternal mm-hmm. relationship with you the holy spirit when he's within you you're going to hear him and you're going to have that conversation and it is not one that turns off mm-hmm. it is all day every day mm-hmm. in the moment mm-hmm. but don't think for a second that satan's going to try and silence he he will try and silence that he does right that is his agenda that is his plan and so he'll put people in your path and he's so sneaky and when he sees you going through good times or bad times, he's going to try to propel your Mm -hmm. attitudes and your thoughts. And our thoughts are so important, but to have somebody in your life, that's going to say, Hey, like this is stinking thinking. you got to get your mind, right. They remind you Mm -hmm. of who you are in Christ, Mm. of how loved you are. And and you might not have that person in your life.
0: But to the listener, we are right now. If no one else has told you, how important you are, and that Jesus died for you, this is your message today. You may have heard it a hundred times. You, This may be your first time hearing it. You may hear it a hundred times more. You may never hear it again. This, Rachel and I are here to tell you, Jesus loves you, and he just wants to give you this free gift of salvation.
1: And it's so easy. It so is easy. so easy. And he just wants you to feel it today. Yeah. And, and even if you've known him your whole life, and you've walked in it, like I said, everybody has something. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. is going through something, and um, that, you know that's just life. That that is our simple nature, and so just to say, as uh, Gina said, she she just mentions his name, Jesus.
0: And just say it out loud. <laughs> enemy flees, and he is there. He's there, and the enemy is like, okay, peace out, gotta go.
1: <laughs> yes, and he it works. Uh, and, and he, there's nothing he can do. Mm-mm. He cannot be in the presence of God. And so it's so important to just surround yourself and, and put yourself in constant mm-hmm. um, submission with the Lord and just be under His wings. Absolutely, It's easy to get out from, a, you know, it's an umbrella. It's a covering. And so when it's raining and you're experiencing those storms, Sometimes. I don't know why we do this. Why do you want to get wet and messy and cold and and we just walk outside of that umbrella? So good. And you're like, what are you doing? Like My you, hair had a
0: good hair day and yes. now I messed
1: it up. <laughs> and we're like, you know what? For whatever reason, Satan might be dangling, you know, this wonderful treasure out outside of this storm and they're like he's like come on come over here and for whatever reason i don't know what it is it's our flesh and nature it's that simple nature we step out of that umbrella mm. and we get rained on and we get messy and we get mm. cold and we get hard and don't think you know it's easy to get back under the umbrella but don't think that you're still not going to be cold and wet and messy and hard Takes and a and while to dry off. it does
0: mm, and that's so good girl he
1: can just put you right back under there I love it and so just Just allow yourself to walk under his covering. I love that. So simple. So simple. Thank
0: you for your words. Thank Thank you you. um, for loving people enough, especially lost people, so they can hear your story and just to be transparent and vulnerable. So I always am working on ending this um, little podcast with a couple of things just to know you a little bit better. So two quick um, wrap up questions. And what fires you up these days?
1: Oh, gosh, these are hard questions. Fire is like ignite me in the in, in my faith.
0: Whatever. It it's so funny because the other so person asked this question. Because
1: fire can be two things.
0: However you want to answer it. Whatever came to mind first.
1: Well, I would say what fires me up is expanding the kingdom. We are in such a, a time that I've walked through in my faith where I just look in a crowd of people. I walk through the grocery store and I see people struggling and they have this face of stress and grimace and just overwhelmingness and mothers and and you walk into the hospital and at my doctor's appointments and I just have this overwhelming sense. Of just wanting them to be able to say, no matter what I deal with today, I know my eternal end game. Mm. Am I going to live with Jesus in the presence of Jesus forever? And what that means, the hope of that. And so that's probably the thing that. It's a good thing to be fired up about. Every day. I, love I just it. have that concern. And I, I, want, I just want everybody to have that opportunity. And it's hard to, it, it, people complicate it. And it's so yes, easy to so get.
0: Human. Um, and so, um, and how can we be praying for you?
1: I struggle daily, like I said, where I want to put myself in a bubble. I, um, I guess because I've gone through some trials and just true um, losses and I've experienced mourning and I always, it doesn't mean that I don't have the faith, but I am more cautious and I want to have that abandonment. I want to have that mm. reckless, um, conditional security. And that that's a separate thing from your faith. I have faith that God is going to carry me through the fire, that he's going to go before me. But that does not mean that that doesn't come without trials. And I just want to be more reckless in my ability to just walk through the day and not think what train wreck. How can this go wrong? Yes. What train wreck is awaiting me now? I feel that. And so that would be my biggest thing where I would, because when you have that, it's freeing and I've had it before and I would like to have that again. The
0: fact that you said that that's separate from faith is relieving for me because I'm in that same place. Um, Our stories are very different, but yet there's just, there's, there are people that we walk through life like, what's going to happen next? How is this going to go wrong? You know, you you want to get excited, but then you're you're like, but th- these are all the things I could see going wrong, and then you start to doubt. What well, am I not faithful enough? Am I not trusting enough? And I I love that you said that that's separate. So again. This is why we can talk all day long and we're gonna we'll follow up on that at some point. But um that is definitely a prayer and, and I'm glad that someone else needs that prayer because sometimes we can feel like we're in isolation praying that same prayer. Um and so it's a real thing and um God will answer that. I'm confident.
1: I I am confident in that too, because I felt it before and he knows the desires of our heart. I want you to know, whoever is listening to this, you have your desires, you have the things that you need and that you want. And you have a God and Savior that wants you to to be whole. Mm -hmm. And He wants you to have those desires in whatever capacity that might be today. Mm -hmm. And so reach out to Him. Tell Him. Tell Him what you want. Tell Him what you need. And He will meet you right where you are.
0: My dear friend, I want you to know that this man, Jesus, my guest spoke of, is relentlessly pursuing you at this very moment and longs to love you unconditionally, no matter your story. There's no fancy prayer or special words, just believe, trust and surrender. We've listed several free resources in the show notes to help you begin your relationship with Jesus and to walk in his truth and love today and for eternity. And to my brothers and sisters, if you already have a relationship with Jesus, then I encourage you to continue to pray for our guests and all who listen to this podcast and to go tell others about a man that changed your life forever.